people, like they feel like to be empathetic, they have to agree or they have to think like, no, this person's telling the truth, but, but I think he's lying. So how do I empathize with him? Because I think the dude's lying or I think he's being super unreasonable with what he's asking for. But if you don't give the empathy, the people don't feel understood. They don't feel that connection and they're going to keep fighting you. What's up, guys? I am back from my trip to New York. I had an awesome time. Got to see some close friends and eat lots of dumplings and pizza. I even got a foot massage, which was incredible. We walked like probably five to seven miles every single day, but it was it was totally worth it for all the food we ate. Um, my highlights were definitely the Met tour. I was slightly underwhelmed by the Lion King. Don't hate me if you love it. I just, I don't know. I wanted to love it, but I wasn't crazy about it. Um, what else? What else? Oh, well, I ran from a rat in the subway, like literally ran. And it was embarrassing. My husband was just like, what are you doing? But I panicked. I am deathly afraid of mice and rats. And so <laughs> this thing was massive and I was convinced it was coming my way. So... Yep, I did that, but I've been back and I um, hit the ground running and I got to have this great conversation that you guys are about to hear with my buddy, Ramel Anakin. Do y'all know him? You should. If you don't, you should know Ramel. So Ramel is a speaker. He's a strategist, a consultant, a coach. He's a writer. He's really just an all around incredible person. And he is predominantly in the multifamily space, um, but he does some other industries as well. He works with some other industries as well. And he is part of the apartment all-stars, if you're familiar. And Ramel goes around the, you know, the nation traveling to different organizations, really motivating and teaching on all things, uh, leadership, communication, building your team, leasing. I mean, he's just a wealth of knowledge. So this conversation is one that I thought, yep, we need to bring it to you guys. So he has a session that's called stop yelling at me. And when I saw that title, I was like, okay, I got to know more about this. So it's all about when you're dealing with jerky people, right? And people can be difficult. And if you're in multifamily or you're in real estate, you, you don't need me to tell you that people can be a pain in the, you know what? And so Ramel's class, this session, like just tackles it on. He doesn't mince any words. He's got some funny stories. And so I asked him, I was like, would you come on and have a conversation about your five step step method to diffusing difficult conversations or just dealing with difficult people? And he said, absolutely. So in this episode, he's, he shared the hero method. And what's really cool is it's very actionable, but it's so relatable. And by the end, I learned a few things. I mean, I thought, okay, there's some times that I have not dealt with things the best way. So I think you're going to love this. And if you love what you hear with Ramel, I want you to head over to marketinghomemarketingyou.com. There you can sign up to register. We've got an upcoming webinar with Ramel and uh, it's, it's a really good one. It's called Getting Hitched and it's a little bit more about sales and marketing. So you're gonna wanna jump in there. And if you miss the live, you can still sign up and catch the recording. So make sure to have, head over to marketinghomemarketingyou.com. But for now, I hope you enjoy this conversation that I had with my friend, Ramel Anakin. Welcome to the Marketing Home, Marketing You podcast, a show for busy multifamily and real estate professionals that wanna kick butt in their careers without sacrificing their lives or their sanity. Week after week, Barbara Savona of Sprout Marketing brings you quality conversations with industry leaders, mini marketing workshops, and step-by-step -step guides on everything marketing, business, and career growth. 
So grab a cup of coffee and get ready for some outside the box ideas from the girl that lives inside the shipping container box. Mel, I'm so excited to have you today and for us to be having this chat. I've already done an intro, so everybody knows all the wonderful things about you. But today, I just want to say that, you know, I think that one of the things that you've done several webinars for myself and for my team, and one of the biggest things that came away from my team is just how relatable you were. Do you hear that sometimes? I do. And that's something I, I love hearing. And, and I work really hard. Um, at that. So thanks for the feedback. It's good to hear. I, mean, I wanted to start by making you blush from the <laughs> No, but it's true Thank because you. we were having a little, we have a Slack channel. And so everybody was internally just like, uh, one of the girls was like, uh, does anybody else want to be a stalker to Ramel? She's like, he's so awesome. I'm like, yes, we all feel that way. Oh, I love it. Feel free. <laughs> Awesome. So listen, today, I, in part of the podcast, a lot of our episodes talk about, we talk about marketing, how to market sure. your community. And then we also have realtors that we talk to as well. But in the second portion, we talk a lot about marketing you and how to grow in your career. One of the biggest challenges that I think people run across and in different avenues is communication. Yeah. And we recently had an interview with Mark Hurley, the 2019-2020 uh, TAA uh, president, and he mentioned that he felt communication was one of those skills, the biggest lacking skills that people have. Can you speak a little bit to that? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, this really is. It, this is the communication. If there's, if there's one thing I would tell anyone, you know, whether you know, if you want to succeed in your career, if you want to succeed in a marriage and friendships, th this whole idea of, of, of your ability to connect and communicate, engage with people is huge. It's probably more crucial than almost any other of the, the, the skills that you can do, you know, because I see people all the time whose communication is amazing. They're literal, like say sales skills or other skills in Excel or, or fixing something may not be great, but man, everyone loves them. And so they continue to, you know, always be in the equation just because people love being around them or they're really great with people. Um, and communication is still, though, as as important as it is. Absolutely. It's the probably still the biggest gap that there is, I think, for people. And the one thing that probably holds the most people back um, in their careers, quite frankly, just in terms of what I see, what I hear. Um, you know, all around and helps people back in everything. Obviously relationships are, are, you know, they're everywhere. So. Uh, absolutely. And I noticed that that was a common theme. You do a lot of uh, sessions on leadership as well. And I know even sales training, but in, in the core of it, I noticed that communication was kind of that central piece. And yeah. so you talk about things like dealing with difficult residents or even within your team. Mm -hmm. Where do you think somebody would really start if, they, if they're kind of starting to see a pattern or how would somebody even know that maybe they have an issue with communication? Because it wow. seems like the people that have it never know. <laughs> that is so good. And in fact, you know, Barbara, so that was such, a, that question is such a good question because the first part in any kind of good communication, effective communication, healthy communication is really a self-awareness mm -hmm. to know you know, and I like that. I ask this question a lot in in my relationology class, right? Uh, which is, hey, are you aware of your effect on other people? You know, and so the first place to start is before you're worried about Harold. There's Harold together, right? and H one O two or or Debbie. This or your, you know, the person who sits on the desk next to you is. You really have to start with you and go, man, what is my effect 
on the people around me. Right? What's my positive effect? Because we all have a positive effect. And then we also have a negative effect, you know, on the people around us. And so the question I ask often in the classes is like, so if someone were stuck in a car with you for eight hours, what would what would your effect on them be? Okay, yeah, so that actually you know. happened once with Lauren, and can I tell you what the effect was? What happened? <laughs> okay, so Lauren and I had a long road trip, and, you know, I am a talker, and I love to analyze everything. So, like, the last hour of the trip, Lauren goes, friend, can we just turn on the radio for a little bit and stop <laughs> analyzing everything? <laughs> so there you have it. <laughs> there you go. You know, uh, that is, thank you for sharing. That is so good. You know, and what's funny, like for me, um, as much as I spend my time on a stage and I love performing, I like to sing, I like to be on the stage. The moment I'm off the stage, I want no part of the spotlight. Right. So I tend to be like what I call an avoider. Um, so I keep I, I tend to keep my distance. I tend to um, be a little bit more private about things. And so how that manifests sometimes is like I may be in a meeting. And so the running joke is I'm on, you know, uh, I'm part of some organizations and, and we have weekly meetings. And and the running joke is like I rarely say anything in the meetings. You know, and so if I if I really feel like I need to say something, I jump in and I say it. But for the most part, I'm sitting there with my coffee. Just kind of going, yeah, yeah, you know, and so, but the net effect on that is some people love that, but then there's this, like, where people feel like, so what's your opinion on this? Like, they have to draw me out because my, my, my neutral is just to kind of go, yeah, everyone's got it figured out. We're good. I don't need to say anything. That's interesting. You know? It shows how, what, how I think the reason communication is so important is everybody has a different approach. Oh, absolutely. They do. And I think that is, you know, I think to your question, one of the things that makes it so difficult is, is you have to be aware of your effect in other people. Um, and then you have to also be honest that, again, there's a positive and then there's a negative impact. And it's tough because we just like we've lived with ourselves our entire life. So our normal is normal. So when I see someone else dominating a meeting, right, my brain goes to like, what is wrong with this guy? Why don't you sh like be quiet and let other people talk? And that person probably looking at me going, so why doesn't Ramel say anything? Like, why is he so quiet? Like, and right. we both think that we're being normal. So do you, yeah. have you noticed, I think that would be really nice for our audience to hear, have you noticed very specific kind of buckets of communication styles that once we become aware, we can learn how to communicate better? Oh, such a good question. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, um, there's, there's, I love all of like, if you've ever taken like the personality profile, it's like whether it's Myers-Briggs or um, DISC or there's Enneagram is another one that's out now. And, and I love all of those, you know, um, I think I'm an INFJ or INT, whatever, one of those, um, on a disc, I'm, I'm the S, you know, I think it's the S I mean, there's so much stuff, but here's the thing that, that, that I, I latched onto maybe about, gosh, when I started my company seven, eight years ago, it was, um, you know, where there's three main styles of relating and, um, so one of them is the avoider. That's the one that I talked about, right? Where you, you know, you tend to kind of just keep your distance. You're a little bit more private. You may not be like when, when I walk into a room, I don't go, I'm here. You know, I just kind of work my way in. And when I leave people do like, I'd say I had a meeting yesterday. I was like, everyone looks busy. I'm, I'm just going to leave. I'm good. You know, <laughs> you then I, get the, I just snuck out. I was like, oh, I don't want to bother anyone. I'm good. And then I get the text message. Did you leave? Yeah, I left. Y'all were busy. I don't want to bother you. You know, so you have the avoiders. You have people that I call, um, you know, that I like to call the hammers. And I don't mean that in a, in a mean way, but that literally like you, like 
they tend to control and dominate, right? Like you feel their weights. Like in a meeting, the hammers would take control of the meeting, even if they weren't supposed to be in control of the okay. meeting. Okay. That somehow. I'm listening yeah. to see which one I'm going to fall okay. into. Okay. So like they, they tend to steer the agenda. They have, they tend to make the decisions. Um, you know, they tend to pick where everyone's going to eat or what coffee everyone's going to drink. Like somehow they, they always seem to get their way. And, and, uh, and then you have like, I think folks that I call the pleasers and you know, what I love about the pleasers, they tend to be the peacemakers. They, they tend to kind of, you know, try to make everyone happy. Uh, so in a meeting again, you'd have the, the, the hammers would take control of the meeting, even if they weren't supposed to be in control of the meeting. The avoiders would just kind of be sitting there going, hmm, okay, there he goes. There's Harold. He's, he's controlling the meeting, but not necessarily sharing a whole lot, but thinking a lot, just not right. necessarily vocalizing. And the pleasers would be sitting there going, you know, especially when the hammers are, are attacking each other, mm-hmm. the pleasers would be like, no, so Joe, when, when Harold said that, he didn't really mean that about you. No, no, he didn't. Re- no, hey, did everyone get donuts? The donuts are really good here. Is it, are you cold? Or is it, is, you know, like making sure everyone's okay. So you have these hammers that tend to, that people really feel their weight. You have the avoiders that tend to keep distance. And then you have the pleasers that are happiest when everyone else around them is happy. And they're always trying to keep the peace with everyone. And they tend to, they tend to self-sacrifice their own needs for the needs of other people. And I think for most people, they're going to fall in one of those categories. Now we're all going to have pieces of all of them. And in fact, healthy relating means that when you need to hammer, you hammer. When you need to kind of let someone else be the star, you let someone be the star. There is a time to move away and keep your distance. Um, The problem that we run into is that most of us have that one default language we go to, and we always go to that even if that's not the healthiest or the most effective thing to do in that situation. I like hearing that because I, I, we also here at Sprout have done that Enneagram as a team yeah. and we've done several. So we have several. And what was really interesting is you, as you're relating these, you know, you see those qualities, but it wasn't until I saw it on paper that I was like, oh, this is why somebody communicates this. This is why so-and-so. Yeah. So I have one team member I work with really closely and we have a great relationship but I many times would take the tone as like a little bit like challenging me. That was really the word. And like, we were kind of having an argument. And then when I saw that and kind of saw the communication style, it was very different. It was just a very black and white approach where mine is very different than that. And so hearing you say that, how would somebody, first of all, okay, you identify yourself, then what does knowing that help you do when you're in a team or you're dealing with clients who might have a very different style than you do? Such a, such a good question. And I think, you know, the first one, of course, is the awareness. So I know for me, um, so I'll just kind of talk about me. So as an avoider, what I know for me is that um, since I know that's my default, that my, what I have to work on is pressing through. And it's engaging and it's, it's, and I have a little bit of pleaser in there too. So I have to work on for me, making sure that I have the right boundaries, that I'm clear on what I I can do and I can't do. And that um, I am engaging, like I'm moving towards people. You know, I, one of the things I hate the most in life is walking into a room full of people I don't know and having a strike up a conversation out of thin air. Which I would never think that about. You. Oh, I hate it. Because it, I'm just like that fear builds up. And then the nature of what I do for a living means I am always walking into a room full of people I don't know. <laughs> 
you know, so I have to know that, you know, so same thing, someone else who tends to dominate, who tends to be that hammer, who tends to like people feel their weight, what they need to know is, so they're, for them, it might be taking steps back, right? Allowing other people to come in to that. So that self-awareness is huge. And then how you use that. And I think just like you talked about with the Enneagram, you know, um, so I'm a nine. If anyone's taking the Enneagram, I'm a nine. I'm a three. You, there you go. You know, <laughs> so, and, and I do, like, I can tell you the numbers that I have, I have trouble with, you know? And, and so it's, so then it's understanding though. I think you, you really hit on it is when, when you read that or when you see that or you under, start to understand, ah, that person is an avoider. So you're able to go, okay, so they're not doing that out of spite. They're just doing what comes naturally to them. Yes. And then that starts to help you instead of going immediately to what I think most of us have, which is the like, what is wrong with you? You can go, ah, that person's avoiding or that person's doing what D's do in DISC or that person's being a one in Enneagram and they're focused on all of the details and all of the information or that person's an eight. So that person's challenging or whatever it is. Um, then you can start to go, okay, so here's what I know. Then you can adjust accordingly, you know, with it. And what's great is you already know just based on feedback on the people around you, what makes them tick, right? What, what makes things go well and what things don't. You already have the feedback. Here's the extra step though, is to, again, like I talked about, to take away that part where you go, gosh, Ramel's just being an idiot. Right. You know, like what is wrong? Why is he so sensitive? Why is he always so private? And you just go, ah, okay, Ramel's doing that avoiding thing. So what do I need to do? I'm going to engage him. Hey, Ramel, we'd love to have you join us for lunch. Would you like to do that? You know, something like that, if that helps so you, you're where your default. And instead of automatically making it that the other person is wrong or that other person is doing that on purpose to hurt you or to spite you, that they're just speaking their language and someone's got to bridge the gap. Right? I love and, that. You know, I and it might as well because- be you. That, that's, I love hearing you the way you broke that down so beautifully because it is, it's a, a bridging of the gap and it's not a wrong or a right way to communicate. I think as leaders, especially if you're leading a group or even in a sales organization, a lot of your sales depends on how relatable you can oh, be to someone. Yeah. And um, I wanted to share that Ian Crone, he wrote the book, I don't know if you've heard it, uh, The Road Back to You, and it's all about mm. the Enneagram and he has a podcast and he shared how in one organization, they actually put the number of the Enneagram or different ones, the personality type on the, their door. And it was like a fun way that they could kind of, they didn't want to be, you know, pigeon to that, but it was yeah. like, Hey, hear me because of what, yeah. you know, what my challenge is or yeah. at the same time, what my like gift is. Yeah. And I think just being aware, like you said, then not only of yourself, but doing a little research on how do the others communicate as well too. Yeah. That is so huge. And I, what I like, you know, with, with what you were mentioning, what kind of spurred my head to was this idea though, like, so whether you take an Enneagram or DISC or Myers-Briggs or, or you've related to, I'm a hammer, I'm an avoider, I'm a uh-huh. pleaser. The one thing that's important for everyone, I think, is to go, so once you kind of figure out who you are, really important to go that that, that doesn't give you license now to just cause tremendous damage. Yeah. <laughs> you go, well, I'm a like, hammer, that's what I do. I, I did that a little bit. I was like, well, I'm a three. And that is just what we do sometimes. And my husband is like, I don't know what this three is you speak of but cut it out you know like yeah like I'm an eight I'm a challenger I'm gonna just control and dominate you know or I'm a whatever it is or I'm an expert I need you know so it's good to have the awareness but then the step that's so what you know when I when I've done group things that people walk out and they're like oh yeah I'm a I'm a type a so I'm just gonna type a you till you know yeah you know till the end of the the world I'm like "Mm, no (laughs) 
good to be aware. But so that, just throw that out there because I do see sometimes the danger people can run into. They 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 hear something like what we've talked about, or they take an assessment test and then they run with it. Yeah. And it's not licensed to cause damage. It's just there for you to go, oh, got it. Here's kind of where my default is. Here's where my neutral is. Right. And here's where other people's neutral is. And now what do we do to? You know, yeah, so it's a tool down. to it's use, tool. not to hammer over anybody's head. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, exactly. I love that to take our hammer. Yeah. So I, what I thought was interesting, too, is do you ever find that people um, maybe exhibit one of those three qualities at work, but then a different one maybe at home? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, for sure. That's a very common thing too, I think, because we have kind of our work personas and then we have our home personas Um, or, you know, and especially depending on the environment at work, you know, for for all of us, we we always learn, um, well, I mean, life teaches us, right? This works really well if I do this. If I do this, that doesn't go well. And so absolutely. And I think um, people are different. And so that's actually what can make this stuff tricky, right? You're doing an assessment test, you're, you're, you're doing, you're trying to think where you are and you kind of go, well, but like with my employees, like I drop the hammer like crazy, but at home I'm super this. And, and so that can kind of untangle it. So if someone's trying to, if you're trying to figure this out, you know, a great thing is to go like, Hey, what would your spouse tell you you are? Right. Or what would your best friend tell you are? Or what were you like when you were a kid? Um, those are probably a little bit more accurate, but for sure we, we have, um, you know, because like it's funny because I tend to be more relational, more you know, obviously like my my company's name is a relationship difference. I'm super like friendly, and I have avoider and pleaser tendencies. But when I'm a customer, mm, I'm kind of I don't know if I'm a jerk, but I'm very like I have like if if I get bad customer service, I don't have a problem telling someone um no. I don't think so. Yeah, Harold. you know, Harold, like Harold, you know, or when I buy things, I don't, now this is probably my avoider, but like when, when I buy things, I don't need someone helping me. So like if someone comes up, like, no, I'm good. Thanks. You know? And so they might perceive me as like, wow, that guy's kind of a jerk. Um, but that's a little bit more like when I'm a customer, I, I'm a little, I, I'm a little bit more of the hammer in that way, in a way that I am not at all, you know, in my personal life. So it's really important, it sounds like, that we all are so self-aware of the different scenarios. Yes. Yeah, and then also yeah. to give leeway for the other people when we're in those scenarios. Absolutely. that's so, And I love that leeway. You know, one of the things that I learned a few years ago, and I love it, is just, um, you know, if you just assume that other people have good intention, that they mean well, if you, you start with the assumption that not that someone's there to make your day hard or they're doing that just because they're trying to spite you, that really their intentions are good. And now your job is just to kind of, you know, your role in that is how do we, like we talked about, bridge the gap in that one. But that's been so huge for me. So, um, and that's only something maybe in the last, you know, even though I started my company eight, nine years ago, based on communication, that one piece has maybe been in the last four or five years that it's been a big role of like, ah, that person's really driving me crazy right now. But that person's intentions are good. So now what can I do to you know, smooth. That's huge. I think that's huge because whatever I think intent like that you bring and that you, you, the energy that you attribute to that a lot of times, it's what you get back. Totally. Totally. Absolutely. So now another thing, let's kind of shift to when you are dealing with some difficult people, because let's be honest, there are the ones that are just difficult. You did a session for us on stop yelling at me. Yes. It was so good because you provided very good, like tangible tactics. And I have some of your points here, but to me, what was so so nice was your hero kind of yeah. formula. Can you talk us through maybe just we'll start with the first part with H? Sure. So, you know, the first one is 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 help. And so here's the thing. I think, you know, so I was a customer care manager for a large company 
here in Southern California. And this is really where I, I, I developed this because basically I was talking to 3,000-ish people a year, most of whom were upset at us. And so I realized that my success was based on how quickly I could get these people to calm down. You know, you know, my sanity was based on how quickly I could get these people to calm down. And so I started to figure out there were certain things that I could do that made things worse or things I could do to make it better. And so the first one is just help. Like literally it's just, so when someone's mad at you, they come into the office, they're, they're, every part of your body, your expression has to show like you want to help. And it seems obvious, but man, like I would just, I went to get my haircut yesterday and I was getting my haircut. The other person greeted someone and man, with her greeting, she was on her phone before the customer walked in, customer walked in and literally I was like, Ooh, this girl does not want to help that person. And so every part of her energy was just kind of like, you want a haircut? Okay. What do you want? You know? And, and so I think the first part is just the, you know, we talked about self-awareness earlier. H the help is all about just being self-aware of no, Hey, do I look like I want to help someone? You know, do I sound like I want to help them? And here's where your, their skill comes in, right? It's like, even if you don't really want to help them, you got to act like you do, (laughs) you know? I mean, and that's where, that's where your talent comes in. It's like, how do you fake it? And then when they walk out of the office, then you go call your spouse and just go, oh my gosh, what is wrong with that person? You know, but so H is help. Right. And and it's wanting to help. I love that that people can, we can sense when some, you, like you said it, I've had girls like the girl at the hairdressers and you leave there like, almost more angry than you. Right. I mean, it's, it's that feeling of what the word to me that keeps coming to mind is indifference. When I feel yeah. like somebody is indifferent, I'm yeah. like, I'm all of a sudden, I just don't want to have anything yeah. to do with their business. And especially in a customer service type thing, like, you know, when I was working on site and stuff, like when people walked into the office, they expected me to help them because that's kind of what we did. So if you act like you don't, or they, they perceive from you that you don't want to help them, their brain's already going, but uh, this is kind of what you do. Yeah. So like, why are you giving me that attitude? And then now it just starts to snowball. So we're just being really super aware um, of kind of where you are and then what do you have to do to show that, yeah, I'm happy to help you even if you're not. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I love that because I think that that, that says it so much that, um, people expect that, but if you don't want to do it for the people, do it for yourself, that oh. you're making your whole job easier just by starting with the right body language. For real. I mean, that literally, I mean, multifamily is a tough industry, right? Yeah. And so even if, and I love that you said that, Barbara, even if it was like, you're not really doing it altruistically, but man, it sounds like you yeah. are and you look like you are. It will make your life so much easier. And so then typically you do come full circle if you have a good experience. And by the end, you feel good that you did it. Absolutely. So yeah. I, yeah. Sometimes the action precedes the yeah. feeling for yeah. sure. So what is the E, Ramel? So the first E is engage. So, okay. so it's all about helping. We show we want to help. And then we actually move towards the person. So tell me what happened. And literally... All this is about in terms of the engaging is you're moving towards them. You're asking them, will you tell me your story? And you just let them tell you the story without interrupting, without explaining, without defending nothing. I mean, you got to nod your head and like, you got to listen. It is so hard. It is hard, especially if you don't like the person, right? Or that person is going on and on. And I'm not saying you let the person talk for eight hours. That's not what I'm saying, but 
but that engage part really is just, you just got to listen and you have to, so I recommend, you know, take some notes, make sure that they know you're taking notes, nod your head, you know, that kind of stuff. And then at the end of the engage part, just repeat what they told you, you know, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but you know, that's part of kind of what this is all is, is just, again, engaging is people are so used to, to people in customer service kind of doing this, you know, like to stay away, don't be around me. So if you actually look like you want to help, you ask great questions, you look like you're really into it, man. And, and it, it's even better if you really are into it. Um, just those two things alone, helping and engaging. Well, and I, I think that you said something that I want to reiterate for everyone is this is not the time to interact, interrupt correct, defend, explain, or fix, which is so much what we want to do in that moment. Sure. But it's like you really said, like it's almost like zip it and let your verbal, your physical cues yeah. then be the what speaks. Yeah, because, you know, when you – and just like you know, right, if, if you were upset at your, your spouse, best friend, partner, whatever it is, because they forgot something and you've got that speech rehearsed, man, you're going to go through that speech and let them have it, right? If they try to go, no, no, babe, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. No, 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 it's, it's that bad. Like you're going to, yeah. so we know this in our personal life. Like there's just no way around this one. You know, you just have to get through it. The hard part is, is this, is you're busy, right? People are busy, right, Barbara? They got stuff to do. And so they just think, well, if they just, if this person just is quiet for 10 seconds, I can fix this problem right now and then we can move on. But human dynamics, it, it doesn't work that way. The more you jump in, the longer the process takes. If you want to make this shorter, which I know you do, you just have to hang in there and listen and Bingo. engage in that way. I love that. Okay, yeah. so this hero has two E's? Yes, it does. Okay, what's next? Second E now is, is empathize. And it's just so we've, we've listened, we've got the story, and then we just empathize. We're just like, oh my gosh, I am so sorry. Ah. Oh. You know, whatever those empathetic statements are, I can see that you're angry. I can see that you're frustrated. Man, if I were you, I'd be, I'd be angry too. Oh, wow. Oh, you know, just I'm so sorry. All of those kinds of things are huge. And empathy is something that I think it just in communication is, is sorely lacking today, you know. And, and so here's the thing, I think, Barbara, like people, like they feel like to be empathetic, they have to agree or they have to think like, no, this person's telling the truth, but, but I think he's lying. So how do I empathize with him? Cause I think the dude's lying or I think he's being super unreasonable with what he's asking for. But if you don't give the empathy, the people don't feel understood. They don't feel that connection and they're going to keep fighting you. You know, so all people want to, you know, you know, I'm the, sorry, Ramel. So what you're no, saying no, is that, that when you empathize, it doesn't mean you're necessarily agreeing. Is that right? Exactly. Okay. You're just acknowledging their right to have their experience. I love, I like, I heard this phrase once that one of my mentors told me, he's like, Hey, you just, you're allowing the people, other people, the dignity to live their own lives, to have their own impressions, to have their own perception. And all you're simply doing is going, ah, I can see where you're coming from, or I can tell that you're frustrated. I can see that you're really angry that we didn't do this thing. Totally get it. Now your internal mechanism may be going, wow, that is drama, but you know, but that, so don't, don't say that part out loud, but that's all people want is just to be seen and understood. Like, Oh, I can see, you know, and, and you can see this. I mean, people argue on Facebook all the time, don't they? And they just want to be heard. Like they're going to, Hey, I'm voting for this person. And there's a bunch of people who goes, well, you should never vote for that person. And then this argument starts, the argument starts because there's no empathy. So someone could go, Oh my gosh, I didn't vote for that person. Tell me why you voted for that person. I'd love to know. 
that's connection, that's empathy. That's not someone saying, hey, I would I voted for that person too, or whatever it is. Um, empathy is huge. The problem with empathy is, again, is we get in the way because we may not be feeling empathetic. We may not like that person. We may think that person's lying. And somehow we think that or showing empathy is weakness. And so we're like, mm, I'm not backing down here. This resident sucks. I don't like this person. This person is always in my office. And no, not today. And then they just call corporate and then they, you know, the conversation continues or whatever. It just escalates. And so empathy, anything that you can show to, you can do to show empathy in, in any different situation is, is huge. You know, and I've even seen this, like, you know, I've been like at the coffee shop where like the barista looks super stressed and, and they're starting to take it out on people. And sometimes I can just go busy day, huh? Like, oh, I'm so sorry. Thanks for you know, thanks for, you know, getting my coffee order or something like that. And even something like that small statement gets people to go, oh, someone understands. And that's really what people want. They just want to be understood. You know, I, you, that's, there's so much goodness in there. So can I unpack a little of it with you? Please, let's do it. I think when you said empathy, if that's a word people are not comfortable with, I love the fact that you added dignity to that because it's like, we can all give each other dignity. And so to me, that's huge. I think too, with our residents, when you said that, remembering a lot of people don't get dignity at home or in their work. So when we give them that, I feel like that can be like a complete relationship turnaround. Do you agree? That absolutely. You know, and you hit such a good point, Barb, is that people are bombarded. I mean, people are pretty much beat up day to day in all of the different things. You know, and so if you can be the one that's not beating them up, if you can be the one that is the bright spot. And I know that sounds cliche, but man, it doesn't always happen. And so just that one thing. And what's so funny is, especially when I was a customer care manager, I realized it didn't take a whole lot. It felt like a lot. But then in looking back on it, it was like, huh, I could be nice to you for five minutes or I could upset you. And then we could have a 45 minute yell fest. And then you can go call my boss. Then I got to talk to my boss for another 30 minutes. Then we got to come back and you're just going to come back around to where we're going to give you the $10 credit on your account anyway, (laughs) you know, as of, or I could just be the person that was super understanding. And what's great is when you have that empathy. So you do like even just these first three, you know, HEE, oftentimes if you can't give the person what they're asking for, they're going to be okay if they felt like you really understood them and that you empathized and you gave them the dignity to have their perspective and you cared enough about them to figure out what their story was. Bingo. And what I loved is when you were giving some of those examples of like how you would show empathy, your personality comes out, which is what I think, you know, I was thinking about myself, like when I was sitting in front of someone and they are all fired up, letting, you know, my personality come out like, Oh man, I would, Oh, that makes me so mad. And I think, that's where it's not fake is if you really, yeah. you know, you're not trying to imitate somebody else's empathy. It's totally. how you would feel yeah. in that situation. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's so, so, so crucial. And so it's also, I think out of all of these, the empathy may be the hardest one for people. So if, if, if the listeners are able to really practice empathy, oh man, you would see tremendous difference, not just at work, but at home with friends and family. I mean, empathy is the big, big, big key. All right. So let's not forget that, that double E there. So what about the next one, the R? R is recap. And so basically what this is, and I mentioned this earlier, is just once you know the story, you just want to tell the story back. Hey, so Joe, from what I understand, here's what you're mad about. This happened, this happened, and this happened. And this is what you're asking us to do to make it better. You know, and, you know, and where I learned this one really was 
being married, you know, I realized, you know, like my wife, when we would get into these arguments or, or she would tell me something she was upset about, she would normally end her, her part with going, so what did I just tell you? Which would, you know, pan, like I would send me in a panic because I'm like, ah, what, what did you just tell me? Am I going to get this right? Am I not going to get this right? Am I going to get this right? But I realized how important that was when she needed to feel understood, right? The empathy part. So when I could go back and go, hey, here's what I heard you say. Here's what you're upset about. Oh, so powerful with that. So same thing here. So if, if, you, if you've got someone that has, has um, they're mad about something, just tell them what they told you. Yeah. You know, and you and what they want. You mentioned earlier, I think in the first one was taking notes. And I think that is a huge like physical yes. sign of showing I'm listening. Yes. And it kind of gives you a moment to like not miss something. So exactly. I love that. Yeah. And then you just look at your notes and go, so here's, I mean, and that's what makes it so simple, right? Is if you're taking the notes, you have it there. By the way, if you're talking to someone on the phone, make sure you tell them you're taking notes so that they can start to go, ah, you care about them enough to do that. And then you have the notes to refer to. So you can literally just read the notes and go, here's what you're upset about and here's what you want. And here's the big thing. If they're asking you for something that you know you can't do, like it's totally like out of the stratosphere of reasonable, this is not the time to come back and go, what? Are you kidding me? Like you just are literally going, this is what happened. This is what will make you happy. Got it. That's all that it is. You're just telling them what they told you. And it also lets you know, I think something you bring up is it lets you know if maybe you got it wrong. So if you missed something, this is the time yeah. to get it right. That's such a good point. Yeah, this is the part where you get the details. So you don't start going down. And I've done that many times. This is part of what I learned. So I start trying to solve a problem that I didn't need to solve. And I call them back. Hey, I've got good. Oh, crap. You know? <laughs> it wasn't the news I wanted to hear. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about this one? Whoops. You know, so that's a great point, Barbara. Yeah, it, it allows you to correct anything. So make sure you're on the right path as you, as you move on to the next step once you tell them the story. So Ramel, I have to ask you, since we're talking about oh. spouses, I don't know if you've ever seen that video where the woman comes to the husband and she's got like a physical nail in her forehead. And then the husband, yes. she's like, I don't know what it is, but I've been having these headaches and like, I, like something, this pressure. And he's like, babe, you have a nail. She's like, no, no, it's not about the nail. Yeah. <laughs> And I, yeah, oh my gosh, I totally forgot about that. And it's so true, you know, and it took me about 10. So the funny part is this, right? I would teach this thing on empathy and all that, um, you know, in my, my professional stuff, right? Then I would come home and not do that with my wife. And so the one time, and the, we had this epic argument and then she looks at me and she's like, so don't you think it's funny? I'm like, oh, here uh -oh. we go. That you teach this stuff, but you're not doing, I was like, oh. That hurts. Huh? It did because I was so busy trying to fix the issue and or jump right in. And I still fall into that same trap. I, I talk about this all the time. I work at it and I can still fall into the trap of, you know, no, why don't you just take the nail out? The yeah. nail as opposed to going, oh, babe, I'm so sorry. Ah, oh, so I can sorry. see. Can I do I can something see for that you? Might hurt yeah, you. <laughs> you know, is there anything I, I can it. do? Do you need anything from me? You know, and as opposed to fixing it, you know, and what I realized, like with my wife, she'll tell me, she'll like, hey, if she needs me to fix a problem, like, mm, you need to do this. Got exactly. it. 
And I think that's such a good point because in property management and in the real estate space, we're fixers. We like to go into fixing mode and without doing the first part of this, like he, the H E E R, I feel like when, when, if we're trying to offer the solution too early, which I'm sorry, I spilled the beans on the O, but if you're trying to get there, then, you know, it's like, it's again, kind of putting that part before. Totally. You know, and I think you just, you know, you really hit on it just in that right now is that, you know, in property management, we are fixers, right? We're trying to fix the problem. We're trying to do this. We're trying to do all that. And it's, we often forget that there's an emotional component and an operational component or a professional component, right? So it's not just, did you fix the toilet? It's how did you make me feel when the toilet was being fixed, right? It's not just the literal nuts and bolts, the black and white, it's, it's the feeling, it's all of that. And that's the part that we often have a hard time managing, right? It's the operational stuff. People fix things. They, we can do them. We can make sure that the pet waste is picked up. We can make sure that that, you know, the graffiti on the back fence is painted, but it's when the resident calls to complain about that, how are they being made to, you know, how are they, how do they feel after that's done? And I think when you're busy, you're stressed, you're overwhelmed, you just have a lot of things to do. That emotional part just kind of is like, you know, like, let's just, let's just get it done. Let's just get it done. Let's just get it done. You know, but your customers are sitting there going, um, I got feelings. And, <laughs> and I need those feelings addressed. Yeah, you're like, I don't have time for feelings. I got eight, three days to do. We Listen, do- I'm a three and I'm an achiever and I've got things to do, buddy. So, and I'm the hammer and <laughs> I'm only the pleaser in my personal life. So <laughs> I don't, nobody got time for that. I mean, it's so true, right? And so that's so much of the, the stuff. But if you forget that emotional component, it's just going to make your life harder. Makes sense. Okay, no. so let's say we built up to this and it is now time for the O. How do we okay. do this? Okay, so O stands for offering solutions. And so this is the time now where you jump in. And if you can do something, great. Like this is time to go, okay, here's what we're going to do. We can make sure that we get that AC fixed for you. And for the four days that it wasn't working, we can do a rent credit, right? Something like that. Um, the other thing, though, is, is you know, actually, let me back up. In this this solution is, or this part as well, is to be willing to look for solutions. And and sometimes I think the, the the mistake that a lot of people make, and you've probably seen this too, Barbara, right, is that we look at this as a battle. So we're like, mm, I don't like Deidre, so I'm not going to give her what she wants. In fact, I I really don't like her, so I'm going to say no. And what I'm going to encourage you is, regardless of your personal feelings, that you're looking for how can you help them with that. And so again, it might be literally, yeah, we can do that for you. Here's what we're going to do. If there is a situation though, that you don't think you can do, or you need a little bit more time, just let them know. I need a little bit more time. I hope to you know, give you a call by the end of the day or by the end of the day tomorrow. How does that sound? Great. And then you actually go and try to find the solution for someone. Um, and this is where the story, like knowing the story is so crucial because you may not be able to do the big thing they're asking you for, but somewhere along the way you might've discovered, you know, so you might be, Hey Julie, so we can't give you the one month rent credit because there was pet poop out, you know, pet waste outside your front door, but here's what we can do for you. You mentioned the blinds were, 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 you know, janky and you mentioned the thermostat's not working. We're going to get those fixed for you. You know, so something like that, but any kind of those situations where you can offer a win, even if it's not the big thing they're asking for, um, will often be super helpful. Um, the other thing in this, though, I will tell you, if someone asks you for something and you know it is not going to happen, what I would recommend is you don't tell them 
it's not going to happen. Even if you know, "Mm -mm," like just let them know, I need some time. I hope to have an answer for you by the end of the day tomorrow or by the end of the day today, yada, yada, yada. And then maybe you ask someone or you, you know, do do some due diligence on that, but then call them back and say, I am so sorry. I can't get you that one month rent credit. Here is what I can do for you. All right. Because if you shut them down too early, they're going to feel like you didn't care. You didn't try. You didn't do anything with that. And you know, it's so funny because I get a lot of people, especially because again, we're you know, busy in the industry that go, but that feels like a waste of time. Like, why don't I just shut them down now so that I don't have to call them back later? If you shut them down too early, that connection's broken. They don't feel that empathy. All of that stuff is not there. And then they just get more upset. So when really you shared that with me last time. That was my drop for me because being a person that is like wants to get things off my plate. I'm a super empathetic person, but if I'm like, well, I already know the answer is no. I need when you said that I thought about it and I thought creating that space in between is usually a good idea. Even when you're going to say yes to something, it just shows that you're thoughtful about it. Yes, absolutely. And that's such a big point, Barbara. That's so huge. The thoughtful part, because when people would come back and, and when I would tell them, no, like, I'm so sorry, we can't do this. They would, always, almost always go, thanks so much for checking. I really appreciate that. And what's funny is a lot of times when people ask for something unreasonable, they know it's unreasonable. They're just hoping you say yes. So, you know, because if someone said, hey, I'll give you one month free rent, I'll take it. You know, so I might as well ask for it and you might say yes. But that thoughtfulness is so huge. And again, that extra 30 seconds or that extra two minute call can save you hours of problems on the back end. Again, like what we talked about with the communication and the connection, it helps people feel, yeah, like I love that word thoughtful, that you're being thoughtful, that you cared enough about them to go the extra mile. And, and even if it just, you know, there's times where I knew the answer was going to be no, but I would just email like my regional, Hey, you know, so can we do this? She's going to tell me no. Here's the email back. Nope. Okay. I checked it. So I can honestly say I looked into that, you know, and now two or three hours have passed. The resident will go, thank you so much for doing that. I really appreciate that. And then we, then we move on with our day. That's awesome. So I want to just recap for those that are listening. So H is to help to actually look and sound like you want to help engage physically with your uh, words, with the way that you make eye contact let them know you're sorry, empathize, the, the second E that I loved, or give dignity to them, acknowledge their experience, recap what you talked about, and then only then offer a solution. Yeah. Did I get that right? You did. Good job. Yay. Yeah. Ramel, this has been such an awesome conversation. I love, love, love having this with you. I want to ask, how can people find you if they're looking for where you're at on social or on your website? I love it. Okay, so my website's great. It's just ramelanakin.com, R-O-M-M-E-L-A-N-A-C-A-N. It's an unusual name. So ramelanakin.com. And then that's actually my handle on like Instagram. On Facebook, my, uh, it's, we have Relationship Difference, which is my company name. Um, so IG is just my name. Facebook is Relationship Difference. And then my website, ramelanakin.com. Great places for people to see other things that we have, blog posts and just pictures and all that good kind of stuff, or just to reach out to me and just, you know, if you've got a question on anything, feel free to reach out in any one of those places. And I'd love to just chat with, with uh, anyone who's listening. And Ramel, I'm going to put all of your contact information in the show notes. People can check out all your training. I think you do some incredible work. The feedback is always so great with your webinars. Your, I mean, in-person is my favorite, but these webinars are fantastic as well. 
And speaking of webinars, you're going to be doing one for our Sprout community, Getting Hitch, coming up very soon. So we'll be sharing all the details so people can tune in to even more, Ramel. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm excited for that one. It's all we'll say is, you know, sales and leasing. And the, the genesis of this was just really that the sales and leasing process is a lot like trying to get someone to fall in love with your community. And so that's why we picked the name that it is because you are trying to get them to marry your community. And so all of those things that we've kind of learned through dating, through the good experiences and the bad experiences, they all apply in sales and leasing as well. So it's going to be a fun one. Really, oh my really gosh, good. it's going to be yeah. so good. And what people don't even realize is this podcast is not just marketing home, marketing you, but you are going to have a better relationship after you hang out here. Yeah, you are. <laughs> All right, Ramel. Thank you so much. And we got to do this again. Well, I would love it. Thanks, Barbara. And thanks, everyone. Isn't Ramel just the best? I love any time I get a chance to talk to him. So if you want to stay in touch with Ramel or you want to touch back on some of the points that he talked about, go to marketinghomemarketingyou.com and visit episode number 10. And there you'll find everything that we talked about on today's episode. Until next week, I'll see you guys next Tuesday.